the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I'm Pat. And this week we are going to be watching Amityville Clown House. Oh man, I've been pumped to watch this one. Like, we keep, like, every time we go into the Tubi, we keep seeing, we, you type in Amityville and you keep seeing all the posters. The Clown House poster has been horrific. Yeah, every it's time. a big scary clown face. It's just terrible. And so mm-hmm. I, I've been pretty pumped to yeah. see the Amityville. Like, what is this Clown House? What, what, what does that mean? Yeah. It's not a fun house. No, it's not a fun house. It's not like maybe it's like a clown car where it's like you open every door and like clowns <sighs> pile out. There's like, like behind every door is a different clown. I actually know like, that, oh, that's th- 31. That's the- <laughs> uh, it's 31. I was going to say it's like 13 ghosts, but 13 clowns. 13 clowns would be great. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. That would also mm-hmm. be like all of this would be better than 31. This, which is, was this just, is very true. Man, like 31. Like I like all the people. Like I like. Rob Zombie's stable of jerk actors, mm-hmm. but yeah. especially that Richard Brake guy. But th- that one was good. But that's not this. That's this right. is this yeah. is uh, Amityville with clowns, and it's also uh, a sequel to Amityville Toy Box. Yes, the Amityville Toy Box was the one. Um, I remember re- liking that one. Oh yeah, uh, that's the father's birthday. He gets the toy monkey from the Monkey Shines poster, yeah. which I did finally watch. Um, they had it on movie? HBO Max. It's it's Romero. It's good. Uh, I I'm it's saying, Romero. It's good. It does not follow all the time. I know it doesn't follow, but. It has a lot of the stuff I like about Romero movies, even when I don't like the movie. Fair. It definitely has its charms. It has some absolutely insane moments. Um, it's a good end of the night watch, like you know, or like maybe a pizza and beer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fun. Better than Bruiser. I, I remember having more fun. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. no, that's the yeah. thing. I was just like Bruiser is not good. Yeah. Bruiser's well, another one of those. It's like, this should be... Jason Fleming doing some sort of American Psycho movie with uh, uh, George Romero and Peter Stormare, is that it? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And then I finally watch it. You had nothing to say. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. This one also has the benefit of very young and in the, very young in their careers in ascending order. Uh, Janine Turner from Northern Exposure. Oh, yeah. All right. I just I hadn't seen her in many other roles, but she's I, in it. I watched Cliffhanger a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But more importantly, it features before we knew them, young Stanley Tucci and uh, Stephen Root. Steve, Stanley Tucci had a resume as long as your arm before he quote unquote hit. Yeah. Which what would we say was his breakout role? Probably um there was a like there was I a would point say where like he'd big been night. Is it though? I think because he co-wrote and co-directed it, it was showing that he was more than just character actor off to the side. I feel like that's mm. the one where Hollywood really looked at. We need to use this guy more often. He's okay, okay. he's good to have around. Yeah, like he got he got indie respect and credibility. Um, and then even though it didn't do nearly as well, the imposters showed his range because oh, like. Big Night's a comedy, but yeah. it's got a lot more drama to yes. it, and it's not nearly as farcical, but Imposters is just so much fun. Imposters is a good time. Yeah. No, no, you're right. 
Like, don't get me wrong, I adore Big Night, but it's like, did people see Big Night? Like, is that... It's, like, it, it's in well for the arts world? circuit, yeah. Fair, fair. Because, yeah. like, that's the thing, is, like, there was, like... Stanley Tucci was around forever, and you would notice him in the background as one of those guys, but there was a distinct moment where it's like, now he is a name, mm-hmm. in addition to being one of those guys, and he's in every other thing. It's just like... Yeah. Which it's, is good. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, like, Sam Jackson had been in plenty of stuff, mm-hmm. and then he basically, it's like... Pulp, Pulp Fiction You have to give out. Pulp Fiction credit for something, Patrick. I do. I give it, <laughs> I give it credit. For taking the guy who was so good in Loaded Weapon one and making God. a star out of him. God. No, I swear he, to fucking God. Loaded Weapon was not a star maker. No, it was not. And but I'm pretty sure I was, it came out after. I thought it was the year before. It, it may have been concurrent. I know it, it was. They were like, close. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Sam was in True Romance mm-hmm. and that didn't make him a star. It was he Pulp was in Fiction. True Romance for two minutes and a hat and a sunglasses. I know. He like you knew loaded you weapon. He was least him, on the post. You recognized him more from uh, Jurassic coming, Park, coming to America. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. it had a career, but Pulp Fiction was yeah. the one where he blew up. I feel like Big Night. You have to understand, listeners at home, it's a recurring thing. Patrick hates Quentin Tarantino and everything he does. But yeah. he has to acknowledge that that was the movie that made Sam Jackson. I completely acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so this was I was we were surprised to find that there is a sequel among the direct to video movies. Yeah, it's like a sub sequel. Yeah, because like the there's like the first eight of these are purportedly sequels to each other, even though the continuity is completely adrift. Yes, but like the like the cursed items that you see in the early films, like the It's About Time, the Dollhouse, the one with the mirror, those are all supposed to be connected to that original movie. Right, but they're like splinter factions off yes. of it. Yeah. And then like in the direct franchised. Agreed. And then the, the direct to video ones, it's all been kind of the wild, wild west. So it's kind of crazy that there is one of the direct to video guys that has its own sequel. Yeah. Series. Like uh the Mark Polonia one we thought would be a sequel and it was not. Yeah. Uh yeah. it was just that a was completely weird. different thing from a guy who had already done one. Yeah. Like, why not? Well, as we're finding out here, like, why not make a sequel to one you already just, made? Why not just make another one? It's yeah. not like anybody cares or has to sit through these goddamn things. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, but I know you wanted to talk a little bit about sequels that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, like, there we like, there's like, in, a, in this quote unquote golden age of franchising and sequels, mm-hmm. like, uh, trying to think of like some movies where it's just like, this didn't need a sequel. Like, Toy Box did not need a sequel. The guy, like, li- he literally killed all 14 members of his family. Yeah. We're done. Well, except for the, uh, except for maybe one got away, maybe. I forget. I honestly don't remember. I know it that he like came he out with a every rifle. every single person. He was, he, they even added the two guys on the roadside. Yeah, more people. Yeah. We'll go with he killed her. But, um, so, trying to think of, like, movies where they're, we didn't need anything, and yet you have to go, and yet you persisted. Uh, biggest one that I could think of? Jaws. Yeah. We killed the shark. And then We're we done. made three more movies. Then we made three more like, movies. The second one, okay, maybe the water currents are changing enough that great whites are just going to occasionally show up in this area yeah. periodically. We have to accept climate change has affected things. Yeah, this is a pro- go, can, uh, going problem now. Right. Um, 
that a great white shows up at the sea fairly world. well, probably again yeah, guarded Sea World that the mm-hmm. son of Brody is mm-hmm. working for. That's a little coincidental. We're we're, put, we're we're pushing like Die Hard to Die Harder, uh, yeah. leaps in logic, but not quite as much as this time. It's personal. The shark follow the shark first. The shark went out of its native waters to Amity Island, took out one of the brothers, and then made its way all the way down to the Caribbean. To find the other brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water is a that bit is different plot. and not habitable for shark, that for is, great whites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of the Jaws sequels needed to happen. At all. Yeah. They have. They might have their entertaining moments, but mm. there was no questions needed to be answered. Other than when Mario, other, other one, other, other than when Mario, Peoples gets, <laughs> Mario Van Peebles gets it. Yeah. It's oh, so, Sunny Spoon, we hardly knew. It's yet. so stupid. It's so bad. And it's mm. like Mario Van Peebles is one of those actor directors. Is like, Yuri, I'm not saying you're the greatest thing ever. But it's unfortunate. You are better than the stuff you get relegated to, yeah. and it's kind it's like, of a bummer. It's like you get eaten in Jaws four, and you turn around and make New Jack City. Like, yeah, uh, these are the same guy. Yeah, I don't know. And then later, but, you're in a made-for-TV backdoor pilot werewolf cop movie. Yeah, which was Anthony Hickox. Oh yeah, so, dude. You know, it's Patsy fun. Kensett, Bruce Payne, mm-hmm. dude. Full Eclipse is pretty good. I all things it. considered. Yeah. But uh, um, also, like, back when uh, I was doing my uh, terrible triple features, I did a month of 50 Cent movies. Oh, my. Oh, no. They're, the man, 50 Cent has made so many movies you would not believe. It was not hard to come up with four different triple feature theme, uh, triple feature ideas that did not overlap. Wow. The third, the, the, the last of the month was, uh, the theme was... As written by Fifty Cent. Okay. And uh, the, the the and it, I became a fan of Fifty Cent doing these things because you see him. He's written at least three. He had written at least three movies at that point, and he was getting better at it. Like you could tell, he took everything seriously and was trying to make a better movie each time. And the last one was uh, he plays a uh, pro college athlete that's like on the verge of like starting his professional career. When uh, he gets uh, hit with cancer and his whole life turns to shit. It's called uh, All Things Fall Apart because the Chinua Achebe people complained. Mm -hmm. That's a true story, by the way. Okay. Uh, But it's it's co-starring and directed by Mario Van Peebles. Oh, nice. It added uh, a level of quality to the thing. And Mm -hmm. I, I actually pretty... I recommend I recommend that all things fall apart. It's not the greatest movie, but yeah. everybody's doing well in it, including yeah. Fifty Cent. Yes, or no, especially Fifty Cent, but yeah. also Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, which I, that's what we're talking about on an Amityville podcast. Yeah, I, I Mario Van Peebles wise, I know he did Highlander uh, yeah, three he did. with uh, Highlander. Yeah, three. he did that with Lambert. But there's a movie him and Christopher Lambert did with. Uh, Patrick Stewart, Dennis Leary, and Fonka Johnson called Gunman. Wait, what? It's super fun. The two of them are the bickering, uh, air quote, buddy cop heroes. Yes. Like, good guys, but they hate each other through the whole movie. Like, they don't really let up on how much they hate each other. It's Mm. never... Like, they soften. Uh, there, there's no winking at right. like they actually respect each other moments. They yeah. just hate each other. It's just the two of them are just, we've got to get through this, but still fuck you for most of the movie. Yes. But the villains are Patrick Stewart, uh, pre-X-Men, in a wheelchair. Like, oh. I think 
possibly petitioning for the role of Professor X. It is like, but he's a he's a um, Central American drug kingpin. Awesome. Uh, one of his henchmen is Dennis Leary. Sure. And then yeah, Dennis uh, Leary should never be in charge of a massive criminal organization. No, but henchmen. But this was right. This was when he was getting those roles. It was like him in Demolition Man, him in Natural Born Killers, Suicide Kings. Yeah, like they're gonna pop so, him in here. You do your speed Natural rant things. He has the commercial in the middle that was like the MTV style commercial uh, uh, about Mickey and Mallory. It might have been in the director's cut only. Yeah, I don't think I remember that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was basically when he had first hit and when he still had his dialogue written for him as opposed to stealing other people's material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, oh, my God, he's a comedic mind, but in a role like this, yeah. it's where he worked. Yes. Yeah. And, and then Fonka Johnson's just awesome. I love and also Johnson. her with... You know, Professor X beforehand. Yeah. Right. That's kind but, of funny. That's so, almost as bad as what you ever hear of that uh, Christopher Reeve movie, Above Suspicion. Rings a bell. This is made for HBO. Uh, he plays Super Cop uh, something Dempsey. Dempsey Kane. And uh, through a series of, of uh, goofy circumstances, he ends up in a wheelchair. Like, oh. And this was made like two years before. Crap. Yeah. Yeah, worth worth tracking down for a script by and co-starring William H Macy. Oh, no shit! And also Joe Montaigne's in it and Kim Cattrall. It's almost like, uh, Ma- like Mammoth's like side, like all Mammoth's regulars got together to make a movie without Mammoth while mm-hmm. they were in between stuff. But, <laughs> but in a good way, in a good nice. way. This is like yeah. you know we're not cutting Mammoth out. It's just yeah. like, well, so otherwise, like Rebecca Pigeon would be in there. And that well, would yeah, be very awkward. Yeah. Well, something with absolutely no mammoth to it um, for my movie that didn't need a sequel. Yeah. Uh, Caddyshack. There yeah, is. No. <laughs> Caddyshack 2 features no mammoth. It features no point. I mean, the first feature- one didn't have any mammoth in its defense. Yeah. And the first, one, the first one may have ultimately wound up pointless because they went so far off the script just yeah. improvising and riffing. But Which there was a- at least a spirit to the whole thing. Yes. Like, everything is... The movie is cohesive, even yeah. if it is episodes. Episodic. Yeah. It's just, this is slice of life at this golf course, like, but very hard onto the farce. It was... Yeah. It had more... It's Caddyshack, baby. You don't have to explain Caddyshack. No, I just... I felt like it was the National Lampoon crew starting to understand a structural narrative, but not quite there yet. Yeah. And, you know, by vacation, like, between Ramis and Hughes, they understood full structure and how to make it hit besides yeah. just the parody. But, yeah, like, Caddyshack 2 is... Awful. Yeah. It's not like, even funny. Yeah, I saw it in the theater when I was, oh. what, like, 11 or 12? Yeah. And even then, at that age, like, oh, my God, it's, you know, Dan Aykroyd. He's in so many movies I love. Yeah. Chevy Chase yeah. is funny and probably not a garbage person. I'm young and naive. Yeah. Um, Jack Jackie Mason. Mason. Jackie Mason was funny. Jackie Mason was like, so good. Yeah. Right. Randy Quaid, I had known from, you know, the vacations. Yeah. I was like... And it hadn't turned into anything horrible either yet. Right. It was, you know, there was a lot of young and naive going into it. But even then, at 12, where pretty much anything is still funny. Yeah. I just remember thinking how garbage it was, just how completely unfunny. The um, isn't those those terrifying moments when you think back on 
when you realize, like, at what you went while you were a kid, you're watching the movie and you're going, oh, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. I think mine was Drop Dead Fred, where mm-hmm. I was in the theater going, this is not good. And it's, Everything is good. I'm in yeah. a movie theater. What yeah. the hell am I That's talking Phoebe about? It's Cates. It's Rick Mail. This movie's not good. It's... It's not good. It's not. It's... There, there are bigger debates that we don't have time oh i know no no it's like i i've tried to give it a rewatch i want to have at least like a sweet nostalgia for it because i like the two of them so much yeah but it's rough carrie fisher's in this movie yeah and yet but none of this has anything to do with amityville no but then again half the amityvilles don't either no no they don't but we gotta watch them anyway so this is true and this one this one is a sequel this This one one is is going to be an amityville amityville this is amityville amityville fingers crossed clown so uh Mm. we're gonna watch this one we said it's on tubi and uh we'll see you guys in a minute which is your way of knowing that we're back it's like normal, like in better circumstances, you could come out of a movie like that and go, well, that was a thing, except it wasn't. Yeah. There is no thing there. It's, there, there is a string of scenes. There are a string of scenes. Yeah, which we're going to. These are the, we're going to talk about the ones that have any causal connection to each other. They feature Ben and Michelle. Uh, ben goes to Jesse's junk drawer. Jesse's drunk drawer. Manned by, manned by Mark Patton of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, colon, Freddy's Revenge fame. Mm-hmm. He's not playing Jesse, because that would be a funny thing to have Je- Mark Patton playing a character named Jesse again. But, no, he is credited as James. Yeah, which is weird because I think in the subtitles they do occasionally call him Jesse. Probably. Yeah, so consistency. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he runs this uh, antique shop that looks very much like any modern comic book store, but yeah. shooting around the comics. Yeah. Uh, they have such antiques as the Diamond Select Monsters fiddy, uh, figures. Stargate figures. Uh, reproductions of Voltron toys. Yeah. Um, all of these vintage toys from the last like five, ten years. It's like the stuff you'd see in New England if you were to go antiquing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, your standard Christmas shops that you find near the beach and, yeah. you know. Your local your Cracker Barrel shit. But anyway, yeah. so Ben and Michelle go to the store. Ben falls immediately in love with a certain monkey with symbols toy, which you might remember from Amityville Toy Box. If you don't, they will cover it for you. They but will we'll, cover it. We'll get to that. Uh, so this monkey uh, gets brought home, and almost immediately his wife, Michelle, is not happy with it. She didn't like it at the shop. She didn't like that he bought it for 50 bucks and refused to take a receipt with it. Yeah. Uh, I think she also refused. No, he's he refused the receipt, right? Yeah, he refused the receipt. I'm not, uh, uh, there's no way I'm bringing it back. In Michelle's defense, it is ugly. Mm-hmm. It is just really ugly. This is not even mm-hmm. conversation piece ugly. This is just ugly, ugly. Yeah, it's not a cute toy. Uh, they never have been. I, I mean, there's no. a reason why they're used in horror movies yeah. so consistently. And also in her defense, it is evil and it is a problem. But it just, every time she's bringing it up, it doesn't feel like, like you never see the monkey, you never see her see the monkey cause something to happen. 
Right. Know? She never like sees you know the stove turn on and turns around and the monkey's right there clapping the cymbals. It's just they had bought a thing and that week things start going and she's just. It's the monkey. It's the monkey. The monkey's evil. But yeah, she says it with a kind of conviction that's not convincing at all. No, which is weird because she's right. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's right. This is an evil looking monkey toy. So Ben starts acting more and more erratic. He uh, goes off, finds a prostitute, and guess what? You're, uh, you're in luck, viewer, because you get to watch a violent rape. Yep. So, um, trigger warning. But no, no, that's right, right there. That scene, and then it was, it was bad. Yeah. Um. So, I'm already gonna just, you know, bury the lead or whatnot, and say resale value extremely low. Very, very low. Yeah. So he goes off, rapes a prostitute, comes back home, has like more fights with Michelle. Hmm. Uh. But he ends on a on like the the succeeding night has uh, initiates sex with Michelle, which ends up in another violent rape. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one where the camera angle is mostly on his butt. ass up in the air with some really baggy sweatpants. Yeah. Like you can see, um, still see his VPLs though. Yeah. <laughs> And so he has, he rapes his wife. Um, punches then, her several times. She has bruises for the rest of the movie yep. that he apparently doesn't see because he calls them her neuroses. Indeed. Yeah. So Michelle goes to, re, she calls up Jesse's drunk drawer to find out where this monkey came from. Uh, James says that he picked it up at a, uh, an estate sale for the Jensen family, who are the family from the Toy Box movie. Michelle does a lot of research at the library, tracks down the one survivor from Amityville Toy Box, Julia, who tells that tells her the whole story about the Toy Box movie. Michelle goes home, uh, almost gets murdered by Ben, but turns the tables on him, grabs his shotgun, and shoots the monkey. They run off and leave, and then James comes and collects the... And the the monkey toy for a new unsuspecting uh, yeah. victim. He puts all the pieces in a little wooden box, and then it's on sale again at his toy shop. Yeah, as the literal only antique he has on display. Exactly. So. And that. And that what? At seven minutes, uh, that has covered the plot of the movie. You might think. How long is this movie? Well, it's seventy-four minutes long, uh, according to the timer on the. Well, yeah, according to the timer on Tubi, comes in at seventy-four minutes. But we need to break down what those seventy-four minutes really are. About twenty minutes is the Ben and Michelle story, which is the closest thing to an actual story. Yeah, we did summarize there. Um, There's little details here and there, like Ben has a nightmare at one point where he sees the original Amityville house, its windows are glowing red, then a flash of the claw from the poster of Amityville 3D. Yeah. Just kind of does a Batman 66 zoom at the camera. It's a pretty great Photoshop effect. Uh Uh-huh. Um, or Apple Studios. Yeah, iMovies, baby. Yeah. 
There's a there's an air quotes subplot of Ben claiming that it's rats in the attic. Yeah. But there are no rat droppings. An exterminator comes by, doesn't find anything, but sets more traps free of charge. Yeah. Uh, but none of that really adds up to anything except Michelle still being rightly convinced that the monkey is bad. Yes. And Ben still being an asshole. So contributes nothing, but they do go back to it enough times to gain a couple minutes on runtime. Yep. And we uh, we did gloss over the eight minutes of Michelle walking in a park to find her favorite drawing spot to dry the window of the Amityville house mm-hmm. when, you know, the lighting is correct. Yeah. And then leave, and then going back home. Yeah. So when we say eight minutes of walking... We mean eight minutes of walking. Yeah. I counted in... Um, before she sits down to draw, there are six separate shots where it's a wide shot and you watch her walk entirely from one part of the frame off to the other crosses it and like this is down long staircases this is through a park these are long shots this is not just a quick insert six separate in a row no dialogue her just walking through frame broken up twice once by cutting to a fountain for a good 20 30 seconds yep then once cutting to a fish pond for again another 20 30 seconds then there's all of the drawing which we watch her draw the entire thing yes, we do. from multiple angles, line by line, starts coloring it, the whole deal. So, you know, captivating uh, in that Terrence Malick kind of way. It's called visual storytelling, Patrick. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all that. But that is not all that you'll find in Amityville Toy Box, a.k.a. Amityville Evil Never Dies, mm-hmm. which... We were wondering why they kept saying the phrase evil never dies over and over in the film. Mm-hmm. And then we found out it's because in some distrib- distributions, this is Amityville, the evil never dies. Mm-hmm. And I need to correct you because you said this is not, this, you said this was Amityville Toy Box. This is Amityville Clown House. Yeah. But your confusion, I'm sure, yeah. comes in part because uh, the. Didn't I say, like, didn't, I thought I said from Amityville Toy Box. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. But. We're beating around the bush. There are whole swaths of this movie that are parts of other movies. Uh-huh. Including Toy Box. Toy Box. Um, is when, when they go to the mental home, uh, the daughter from the last, that from that one. Yeah. Recounts the plot with what not a lot lives? of context. Yeah. Like, there are entire chunks of it where we're like, wait, they're not telling you that the grandfather ghost is not visible to most characters or like yeah. it's not setting up the things to give you the impact of seeing that movie it's just literally nine to ten minutes yeah. of footage cut down as more or less the finale of this one it's sort of the inverse of Silent Night Deadly Night Part 2 mm-hmm. where they open with basically half the movie is the first movie shrunk down this one and they end with it that's the big yeah. closer is the same shit yeah, and the stuff they're showing are uh, if you if you guys go back and listen to our toy box episode, you'll remember that the patriarch Mark from uh, the to- uh, Mark Jansen of the toy box family is having horrible hallucinations of his father telling him to kill everybody, 
And so we're seeing all of that. We don't know, is Julia telling Michelle these things? Yeah. Was she aware of them? Yeah, because she didn't, I don't think, know the dad was crazy until he came after her with the yeah. gun. But somehow these conversations he had with his mother and dead father yeah. are all there. So, yeah, we're the perspective of it is difficult. Yes. But uh, understand, it was a breath of fresh air because... Since they okay, the sound mixing, the sound mix of this film is remarkably bad. Mm-hmm. It's not mu- music overwhelms the subtitles bad. That's no. still the peak of but worst sound that's mix. That's a usual thing. We, but, we we can deal. We're used to that. Yeah, but this one, you can't hear the dialogue. You have to watch this with subtitles yeah. because. The dialogue is super low for most of the movie, except when they flash to other movies. Yeah. And... The sound effects, though, the are s- as loud as anything. They're super crank, so you can't turn it up to be able to hear it, because the birds chirping over an outdoor scene are just deafening. Yes. Uh, any sort of, like, any something drops off camera, oh any sort God. of, you know, random slam or any shotgun blast is absolutely peaked out. Yeah. So, yeah, um... The sound mix is 100% terrible. Except for when they're just literally copying footage from... From another movie that was mixed by somebody else. Um, The color correction in this one, first off, cameras don't appear to have been white balanced, which means they weren't working with cameras with white balance, or they somehow managed to muddle it that bad. Uh, Through the entire walking montage mini film yeah in the park yeah uh on a sunny day michelle very sunny day very sunny day blown out sunny um but you know sunshine typically does give people that very nice beautiful fuchsia hue yes like all of the people are a an unnatural like star trek makeup pinkish purple yes um yeah, leaves turn blue at points. Like the the color correction. Well, there was no correction. There was just color catastrophe. Color um, so catastrophe. these are nitpicky things for those of you who are filmmakers. But I, it, it, it's I, normally it would I would say yes, it's nitpicky. But this is just it made it difficult to watch and yeah, follow. It hurt my eyes. It was kind of like trying to figure out a stereogram, but they didn't put one in there. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, my eyes were actually aching at certain scenes. Now, attentive listeners might notice there's one word we haven't mentioned at all mm-hmm. in our review, our uh, summary of Amityville Clownhouse. Plot. Oh, wait. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. It's also that. The clown. You might be wondering, where is the clown? Well, the clown is at the beginning of the film in the cold open. Mm-hmm. The first... Uh, there's actually the same clown is featured in two cold opens to this movie that have no connection to the rest of the movie. Much like Toy Box ended with a completely unconnected uh, clown thing at the end, this is the, the this is the pickup of that. Or and or the context of that where we see Oh my god, a birthday party is being set up for James. It's all like it's all very little kitty balloons, streamers, a banner, a whole nine yards. Yeah. Now, this is not the same James that's Jesse, oh, who is yeah. or is not James in the credits. Yeah. 
Um, this is a different teenage James and well, his yeah. yeah. Well, it's as it turns like yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Different James. Uh, this one is apparently like a te- like. 18 or 19 years old yeah. appears to be 30 years old mm-hmm. and he and his sister are not happy with this at all and it's everything they can do to just uh no they act honestly it's just to, like tell their mother to go fuck them so fuck yeah herself they say they're in the bedroom yeah they say repeatedly how much they hate their mother She's a mor- they call her a moron call her a moron they hate her they just want nothing to do with her they're wondering where dad is though if we're going to do a birthday party uh james complains that his mom still thinks he's 10 which is really hard to imagine because of how 30 he looks he looks so old and they look the same age yeah his sister also definitely looks mid-20s into early 30s and talks about how she's 18 and it's no big deal that she has birth control why does mom have to freak out about it that's apropos of nothing that's just something she drops in the conversation sure uh so yeah they they wind up getting back to the dining room for the birthday surprise dad will be down in a minute mom seems to know what the surprise is except is very surprised by it yeah dad is we cut to at the mention of dad dad we cut to dad in the bathroom having Something of a complete mental breakdown. Yeah, even the mirror is sweating. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And he starts putting makeup on. And then he paints himself up into a fairly horrifying clown. Mm -hmm. With a weird crooked smile that's turned up on one side, down on the other. Like a diamond on one eye, circle on the other. Yep. And a shotgun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the important part. And then he proceeds to kill everybody. Yeah. In really graphic like impressive like very graphic like you can tell that this is just made by different people like mm-hmm. it's just different focus on gore or actually there is gore yeah it, it, there, there's like you, the mom's head gets blown off from like the nose up yeah and, and we get multiple shots and like the body moving with the the top of her head just yeah, gone just kind of and twitchy. opening gory at which point, Dad says, "Well, b- well, this isn't James, funny. you got your uh, yeah. This oh, isn't yeah. funny, but James, you got your wish. Yeah, James, you got your wish, and then this isn't funny at all. And then he kills himself. Well, he shoots both of the kids. Yeah, um, and again, air quote kids. He shoots the sister in the neck, which opens up a wound. Yeah. Like imagine the T one thousand when it got hit with the elephant gun, and it yeah. just kind of spattered out. Imagine that, but it's like well, it's blood and muscle." Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Same with James. Yeah. And then Dad blows himself blows his own head off. And that's the end of cold opening number one. Mm-hmm. Cold opening number two takes place in the same house one week later, with three hoodlums breaking into the house to find something to sell on the dark web, because people on the dark web are into murder shit. And that's when we find out that the uh, dad was actually a state senator. For reasons. Yeah. That are never brought up again. Yeah. He was respected in the community. Everyone knew who he was, except in parts of the movie where nobody knew who he was. Yeah. And it didn't make certain headlines when research is being done. Now, this murder was at one point mentioned as a week ago. That's what I just said. Yeah. that's. I'm, I'm just making sure everyone's clear. Yeah. The, the people, it like the one of the friends of the you know, the break-in crew, 
has not heard of this. Yes. At this house where a family was just wow. slaughtered right do you follow a week local, ago. Do you follow local politics, Patrick? We're in Baltimore. There's yeah. a little bit of a difference from this to sleepy little Amityville. Fair, fair, fair. Um, like, a town like Twin Peaks can get completely upended by a single murder. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's fine. You've got to find the difference. But, yeah. We could have been watching Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, they're looking through this house trying to find the evil monkey, you say? No. No, 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 no. not an evil monkey. They're trying to find the clown painting that was rescued from the furnace at the end tag of the last one. Yes. Of Toy Box. Um, and this clown painting looks like... It's a velvet It's a velvet Elvis. It's kind of a velvet Elvis, kind of if Clive Barker tried to do a portrait of Carrot Top. Uh, on black velvet. Yeah. It's, it's something. Um, I would buy that painting. Yeah. So they're looking for that painting, and they what, find it. One of, one of the guys splits off to look upstairs, finds a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> Why, like... First, we get like two minutes of him trying to open the jack in the box like an orangutan until he realizes, you know, the thing he remembered from when he was one years old that if you turn the crank mm-hmm. on a jack in the box, the box will open. Yep. And then the box opens, and Thing Adams pops out and pokes his eyeballs out. Mm, like, not just grabs his face, but like you see fingers go into the dummy. Yeah. Uh, like, but like go into the that sockets and squish it out. Oh. I mean, <laughs> his dialogue wasn't that good. Hey. hey. Oh, like, oh no, it was his friend with the girlfriend uh, that uh, called her. Bitch. Yeah, called her a fucking bitch three times in a row before she kisses him. Yeah. It's Once again, charming. I'm doing the wrong thing with women. <laughs> Amity's yeah. full of garbage people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that so was also these are all... that, that, that pregnant side was Patrick realizing I'm sitting next to a garbage person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... yeah. So that's the end of cold open. Oh no, no, that's not. Uh, he gets his eyes gouged out. Then yeah. the girl. The girl gets killed off camera, I think. No, she sees the painting, and the clown appears behind her as it disappears right. from the painting. Right, right, right. She screams, but then she is the clown. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. She gets hers off, off screen, and then she yeah. reappears in the clown makeup. Mm-hmm. And what? I forget. What did she do to the guy? Um, I can't remember if, she, if we saw... Yeah, oh, no, so. yeah. She says she's going to rip his heart out and eat it. Oh, yes! Yeah! Oh, man. View- listeners, at that point, Patrick and I, we were so excited for this film. We were mm-hmm. so excited for this movie. Because, yeah. man, we had we had, had multiple he- like uh, gunshot wounds, evil clown, eye gouging, heart rip out and eating on screen. And then it goes to the credits and everything sucked after that. Yeah, actually, they did run. I just just looking at my notes because I remembered it that way. But apparently, the credits were run between the two cold opens, where a priest is giving the history of the yeah, Amityville right, series. Right, right. It's because of the monkey thing that it, right. It's oh my god. Which we'll get to Let's, in a sec. Yeah. This priest, uh, who doesn't appear in the rest of the movie, no. gives us the history of the Amityville house, including all of the cursed items, yeah. including showing us the lamp, the yeah. mirror, the coat rack, 
the Hummel collection. Yeah, yeah. Like they like in addition to name checking, they're literally just stealing, uh, you know, Getty images from mm-hmm. all of the movies of all the haunted all the haunted items up to this point. Yeah, but they which do. Like, it was really nice. Yeah, they I do an it. exhaustive, you know, recap of a lot of the other Amityville ones. Uh, they do that again uh, when they talk to the daughter in the insane asylum um, who recounts all the different items and even says, I think they made a bunch of movies about those. Yeah. Yeah, they Wink. did. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Then... You'll never die. The second quarter. You'll never die. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, right. And yeah. then... And the, then the, the monkey the three footage. Hood, the three hoodlums. And then... So after the three hoodlums, we get like, is it five straight minutes? I think it is. Of just phony baloney, eight millimeter, like Rob Zombie flashbacky footage of the monkey. And the package the monkey came in. Yep. And the writing on the package. And the eyes. And now here's the monkey against a different wall. And here it is from a low angle. And here it is. From the back, and here's its ear close up. Like it's just and here's the every here's drop of second unit footage they shot of this thing. Yeah, and here's the monkey in the pipe screensaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know here's the monkey on vacation in lovely Tahiti. Here's the monkey in Delaware. Hey, the monkey's in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if blah. you're of a certain age, you understood that joke and you thought it was hilarious. And if not, and you feel like the momentum of this podcast crashed oh, with that joke, God. you know how we feel as we were like, okay, that was gory and crazy. Okay, that was unexpected. Okay, we're just looking at just this looking monkey at for monkey. five minutes. And also the thrift scores, the thrift store skull that was on the, uh, the workbench oh. next to it. Yeah, I was so wrapped up in the monkey, I didn't I know, even you notice. Know, you almost didn't mention that thrift store stuff. <laughs> I have a very similar Christ. one. Christ. That's half of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, so much of this That's movie half is of my adding. Notes. And so they buy the monkey. Then we get to the stuff we mentioned before where Ben and Michelle buy this monkey. We didn't mention that Jennifer Coolidge is in this movie. Somehow, uh, or a, a very um, celebrity impersonator on Hollywood Boulevard or yeah. like Times Square version. The, this poor woman has had a lot of work done. None of it looks good, and she's put an mm-hmm. awful lot of makeup on top of it. She's walking around in this platinum blonde hair with a fur coat, high heels, dinner dress, and a, a lap dog. Yeah, she's taking her dog for a walk in one scene, but carries it most of the rest, including, like, at one point the dog gets loose in the house and she follows it up and manages to get it out safely, if I remember right. Yes. yes there is no, nothing no, happens. Nothing happens. No stakes, no... Uh, the only violence done in this movie is Ben towards women. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be the, the result of the monkey. Yeah, he might have just been a total shitbird from the get-go. But he is a total shitbird. The greatest moment of the movie outside of the uh, uh, the clown the, the clown murders, which are really great, uh, was when Michelle is doing research at the library and she finds old newspaper clippings of Amityville related stuff. And in the headline for one of the massacres, it says, 
was the toy monkey to blame? At which point, Patrick and I started laughing <laughs> hysterically. Yeah. As loud as we could. But it was great because neither of us pointed it out to the other. We all both just started laughing as hard as we could mm-hmm. at the same time. And, uh, yeah, we both... It, it's rare that we make the exact same note. <laughs> the, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we get the... Uh, the newscaster footage. Yeah, there's another chunk where we cut away from the air quote movie, uh, where it's a local news program that looks much better than most of the rest of the footage yes. from this movie, not including film footage from other movies. Yes. Um, because, the, because. the interviewer is a cameo from yeah, yeah, okay. the it, one it's guy. It's the English guy from Amityville Playhouse. Cause right, yeah. The writer-director guy. But not the same name. character. John He's, Walker. Yeah. Playing Peter Summers, which he may? Oh. Keep going. Keep All right, going. But yeah, um, he's uh, doing an expose that is... Right after the incident where of the senator killing his family in clown outfit. That's it. That's how he's in all these movies. He's the newscaster he's from here He's playing the newscaster in all these movies. They're all look credited. The character is Peter Summers. Okay. Gotcha. All right. That Good makes so know. much more sense. We had noticed that he will be popping up in a bunch of these movies. And uh, we were wondering, like, is he playing just a recurring character? But... Also, this character name is appearing in other movies like Ouija Geist and Meat Hook Massacre 4. And they're all Peter Summers, and now we understand he's playing a newscaster, probably. Gotcha. This is his Walter Paisley. This is his Walter Paisley. Um, So, yeah, um, he's interviewing a local cop and a local priest. Yup. Who have different opinions. The cop uh, assumes that it's. Crime. Nuts. Yeah, he went drunk or went nuts. Yeah, or went drugs or something. It must something. be drugs or something. It's you know. There is a real world explanation for why this guy lost his shit and murdered all the people. Now th- this is they're talking about the Jansen murders and Amityville toy box at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even though just prior to that, there was an extended flashback to the DeFeo murders. Which are now being attributed specifically to this toy monkey. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that cursed all of the rest of the house and yeah. all of the other objects in it. It started with the monkey. It started with the monkey. It's not about the monkey. Is it about the monkey? No. no. It's not about the monkey. Sorry, I'm on a lot of Twin Peaks references today. Yeah. Uh, so, it's not. the priest insists... Oh, man. It's not drugs. It's not racist, which w- was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, What's great is that the priest gets very, the priest gets very up in arms and wants to convey that there is a supernatural and or spiritual explanation for all these murders. And in the middle of his ramp up, you see him. You see it on his face when he completely forgets the point he was trying to make, mm-hmm. and he just keeps talking. Yes, that's what old people do. And it made it some of the most convincing dialogue in the film. It re- it felt real. Yeah. It felt very real. Mm-hmm. And then he just storms off the set, at which point they cut the green screen imaging that they were doing for him and the other character. So we're seeing that it doesn't even look like a new studio in there at all. It looks yeah. like a warehouse where they tried to fake a new studio. 
I, I don't know why you would do that. I feel like it's like they're showing that the local news is even, like, the local news is fake. I don't know. I don't it, know. It was very silly. It was very weird. I wish we had more to add to that scene, but I wish they did too. I wish that we had more to add to this movie because after the, at this point, this is where, uh, okay. After, after the newscaster stuff, Michelle tracks down Julia in the mental hospital and Julia says the key phrase, evil never dies. It's mm-hmm. uh, name checks all of the cursed items again. And then we get the meat of this movie, which is 10, the last 10 or 10 minutes of truncated footage of Toy Box. Right. We get Toy Box. Which Toy Box was awesome. Yeah. I don't know Fully how. In comparison. Yeah. Um, the whole time she's telling the story, by the way, she's doing little I'm crazy acting ticks. A lot, a lot of like, scratching. A lot, lot of scratching. Tapping. A lot of like uh, just the Elisa Lam, uh, Brad Pitt, like mm-hmm. finger wiggling. Yeah. Um, but like kind of mixing and matching all of them so none of them feel like a tick so much as doesn't know what to do with her hands yeah. but these are all things I've seen crazy people in movies do she is Hollywood crazy right like uh, th- think uh, of Dutch Hutchison's uh, tour de force performance of Looney Bin Jim and Punisher Warzone right he uh, is oh crazy God. yeah but what is wrong with him mm. it's like somebody was given reference but not direction Shot. on yeah on their mannerisms. Um, we could have been watching Punisher Wars, though. Still can. That movie's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. Best Punisher movie. Uh, no yeah. doubt. No yeah. doubt. Uh, uh, and so then, we're, we're not going to go over everything from Toy Box, because we went over everything from Toy we Box. We really did. Um, the they gathered the parts, episode. the monkey's back on sale, and boom, the movie's over at 61 minutes. Yeah. Now... You may be confused at the math of that. Because there's 74 minutes on the runtime. 12 minutes of credits. Literally 12 minutes of credits. We, were, we, we checked to see how much is left of this movie. Oh, well, there's about 13 minutes left when we checked. And when it immediately had ended, yeah. we were confused. How is there 12 minutes left? And as we're discussing, how could there possibly be? No, there has to be more. Maybe there's yeah. those credits tags. Nick Fury is going to be at the end of these credits. Yeah. Big, long discussion. We realize that the word crew has finally made it all the way onto screen. Yep. The credits are drifting at... One mile an hour. At most. It's They're, they're scrolling along at a below first grade reading level. Yes. And these are not, like, like, in their defense, there were several different production crews on this movie, and mm-hmm. all of them get credit. Yep. But like, they still do make... the full credits for Toy Box. Yeah. Because, I mean, they use enough footage, you have to make sure everyone's covered. Yeah. Like, there is enough time, as the credits go by, to read them out phonetically and research the letters you're not familiar with. Yes. Like, what does a tilde mean? On yeah. Top of it? What is the umlaut mm-hmm. for? Is that an appropriate use of an apostrophe? Is, you know, yeah. what is a gaffer? I've always been curious. Well, we got some time. Let's check. We do. We have 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it turns out the term is actually from boating. So, to break it all down, we have set the movie, the, the runtime of Amityville Clown House, a.k.a. Amityville Evil Never Dies, is 74 minutes. 12 minutes of that is the credits. 20 minutes of that are the two cold opens. Five minutes of that is the monkey footage. 
Uh, 10 minutes is Amityville Toy Box, and another 8 to 10 minutes is the newscaster footage. Guys, if you don't have an idea for a movie, just don't make a movie. Yeah, wait. Build it up. Think of more things. Yeah, there's nothing here. You don't have to rush to get another one out. Unless you... I guess they do? Yeah, maybe it was some sort of a tax shelter thing, or... Jesus Christ, guys. Silent Hill, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is more of a movie than this is. And that's saying something, because that's not a lot of movie. No. And this didn't even have a garbage day moment. <laughs> well, the clown eating the heart is pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's the thing, like, you if you watched just through the cold opens and stop when you meet uh, Ben. Yeah. Again, Ben is a Ben is a several time rapist. No need to watch any of that. No redemption for him at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no if you've trouble. seen Toy Box, which is the better version of showing that footage, yeah, you don't need to see any of that. You can literally just do the cold opens. They don't really affect anything else. No, and they have some effects gags. And I bet yeah, this the cold open stuff will come back later. It's like we keep getting like. 10 to 15 minutes of this other movie that's yeah. like kind of like stuck on the other movies. It, it's I think it's starting to build a shared universe like the Marvel movies, but only if the only scenes that cross over between Marvel movies are the ones after the credits. Yeah. Like everything else in the movie is self-contained and then just yeah, at the end, oh by the way, this is Iron Man. You guys share a universe. Me, good to meet you. Anyway, I have to stop. I want to react, but it's a spoiler for a recent Marvel movie. Gotcha. Fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, like... Yeah. But you named, <sighs> you named your Toy Box movie... Well, that was Toy Box, but like... Yeah. This was not the clown house. No, it was not. There was one house that had a clown. Well, I well in their defense, they did name it Amityville Evil Never Dies, and then it, it looks like it got repurposed or repackaged as Amityville Clown House. Because they probably realized the clown parts are the best parts of this goddamn movie. Yeah. Oof. This sucked. This was not good. This was like two in a row. Mm-hmm. Bad. Yeah. We've got some interesting ones coming up. I guess some inter- I was I was excited about this one. I kept seeing the poster yeah. for this one. Maybe that's the problem. When we're excited about one, usually it winds up disappointing. Expectation yeah. is the problem. We need to walk into every single one of these like a first college apartment. Yeah, this is going to be the worst movie ever. Yeah. But we're going to get This is going to be it. terrible. The paint's going to fleck off. It's going to smell like five generations of other people's cats. Ugh. And there might be a clown. There might be a clown. If you're lucky, you just have rats. If you're lucky, you just have... This is like... Where is the the, the Amityville Geico commercial? You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Next, ne- the next one is Against the Night. Amityville Prison. That's going to be terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> Amityville... Amityville Prison. What would okay. the prison look like in Amityville? Yeah. And is it a prison built on the property of the old Amityville house, like an old asylum might like, have been? Is it, is it next to the asylum? Right. Um, and why would you put those together? Yeah. And why would you build them on the water? And are there going to be references to Into the Night, uh, the John Landis, Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer movie? Yeah. 
to the man. See, that might make it a lot of fun. That could make it a lot of fun. Maybe David Bowie's in this. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could go the other way and we'll just get a lot of Phil Collins nods and it's against all odds. I mean, I'm okay with that. I know, but if I had my druthers. Oh, yes, obviously. Yeah. Or at the very least a Cronenberg cameo. That'd be nice. Cronenberg makes a cameo in Into the... I've never finished Into the Night. It's really long. It is. It is definitely one of the... Lesser beloved John Landis ones. Harder to find. Yeah. Not really talked about. But, I mean, with a career like his, there's going to be some that just kind of drift yeah. off into it. It's, yeah, it's... Yeah. Like, I, I didn't... I wasn't disliking anything, but it's just like, Jesus, this movie's still going. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Beverly Hills Cop 3 of, let's just not talk about this bad. <sighs> yeah, let's just... Yeah. yeah we, 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 we all did it, and we're done. Then we mm. don't have to do it again. Yeah. I still think more people need to love the stupids, but... I've never seen the stupids. It's... That's the general reaction. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I have several friends who think it's hilarious. I know a lot of people who despise it openly. But, eh, whatever. Fair. On um, that related note... We had to talk about something. something. So, resale value for me... Patrick noted earlier, and I agree, the resale value for this Amityville house is zero. This um, was terrible. I'm going to say burn it to the ground. Yeah, it just I, I don't yeah. even the clown bits. It's like yeah. it's fine, but this is not a re- you are not like this isn't worth putting it on for the clown bits and then turning it off. Just no. don't bother with this at all. Yeah, it's burn it to the ground, possibly salty earth. Yeah. But I mean, always salt the earth with the yeah. Evil house. This is true. Salt and burn the bones. Did we learn nothing from the Winchesters? Apparently not. They only gave us 15 years of lessons. Oh, my God. That show went on for so long. <sighs> not as long as this movie. Not as long as this movie, which was oddly only 74 minutes. Wow. Wow, this sucked. All right. All well, right. I'm just going to keep saying this sucked if we keep going. Yeah. I'm Tom. <laughs> I'm Pat. See you guys next week. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.